Welcome to another great season of the Goat Talk Podcast, hosted by the Scott Bros. My brother, Eric Scott, and yours truly, Trey Scott. We're the Scott Bros, and we're coming to you with another fun-filled season of basketball, and we're ready. We're ready, we're ready, we're ready. And we want you, you right now, before you even listen to this podcast, or while you listen to this podcast, go ahead and follow us on all of our new social media accounts. Follow us, type in Go Talk, the Go Talk podcast, Go Talk podcast, and you'll see our logo. You'll see us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just made them, so they should be up, and we're going to be posting gonna keep you guys updated we want you to come and join in the going to conversations if you got any questions any concerns anything you want to be a part of this podcast we want you a part of this podcast because you are the goat family and we want you to be a part of this so please follow us like do all of it subscribe on your various streaming platforms do all of that just be a part of the goat fam and be a goat. Bye. Yo. Yo. What's up, man? What's up? You ready to attack this top ten? Yeah, man. We got we got the top ten of our Goat rankings, man. We got to get into the top 10 teams in the NBA, or at least who we think they're going to be going into this season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let me get my notes out. Uh, boom. So, uh, okay. 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 I, uh, I, I'm ready. Um, do you, do you have the list in front of you for 30 through 11? Uh, yeah, I don't have the, well, yeah, I do actually, but I don't have him in order. You don't have him in order? Okay, never mind. We'll organize it later in uh, the Twitter page, you know what I'm saying, Uh, just to, you know, give a good rundown. But uh, who you got at number 10? Number 10, I had the Nets. The Nets, the Nets, the Nets. Uh... I have the dubs at number ten, Ooh. and I had the Nets at number nine. I had the dubs at number uh number nine. Oh, so we had them. Okay, so we think the same thing. We think along the same lines. So who you want to go at number ten, man? Um, well let's let's talk it out. Let's let's see, cause uh, tell me why you have the uh the Nets number. 10. Well, I got them there because for one. I believe they're better than the Celtics, which we had at number 11. Um, for two, it's like they're they're just – they're good. You know, they're a top 10 team to me. Team to me. They have Kyrie. Um, you know, they have the depth. They have, like, you know, young – they have they were a young up-and-coming playoff team, you know, and they added Kyrie pretty much. And they swapped out, you know – D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie. They added KD, but he's not playing. We we know he's gonna be around the team. 
sprinkling some championship nuggets off in that locker room. They picked up our boy Torian Prince in a trade, you know, um, sent us Alan Crabb. And, you know, I just feel like they're going to be a a fun team to watch. You know, it's going to be a lot of Kyrie ball, though. So it's going to be a little bit of a change to their play style, Um, you know. But I, I definitely think they're going to be a top 10 team. It was more like up with me. Like, um, I didn't – I put the Warriors at nine because I'm like, well, you know. I mean, I could honestly go Warriors team simply because their depth is not there. But at the same time, I'm not going to like – I'm like, man, that's a championship. Like, that's those are champions over there. That's how I look at it. Yeah, those, yeah, those yeah. are that's like the championship culture. So that's why I look. I, I'm like, I'm gonna give the Warriors the edge there. It wasn't. I I wasn't really comparing the Warriors and the Nets. It was more so like for me, like the Celtics and the Nets, like for like ten and eleven, like who gets into the top ten? Because I didn't really want to. Not didn't really want to budge on like the Warriors being number ten, like the Nets. I don't feel like on paper maybe the the Nets look better. You know, as a deeper team, but like I still have Steph Curry over there, man. And, you know, they get Angelo right. and you know Clay when he comes back. They still have Draymond. They still have you know some of those familiar faces at the top of their team. Not at the you know once you get down to the bottom, it's like oh who are you? But um, yeah, that that's how it was for me. But what what you thinking? Well, you know, um. I agree with you uh, and from the standpoint of I know you're like kind of putting the Celtics in the nets and trying to compare those two. Honestly, like from I would say there there's a probably from uh, six to twelve, like all the way down to like actually thirteen maybe like down to where we had like the Kings and the Pacers. Like I just felt like those teams were very similar in quality. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, just talent wise. And it was just, you know, I, I, I had to group them together, but like you said, I, I could not put the dubs outside of the top 10 because like you said, champions. Um, so even though, you know, Clay's hurt and they lost KD, it's still, they got a championship swagger. They got Steph Curry, who's one of the best players in the world. Uh, so I, you know, that kind of helped me with my ranking. I had the dubs 10 mainly just because Clay isn't going to play until maybe after the All-Star break. Um, I think best-case scenario, they think he comes back uh, a little bit around March. Maybe he knocks the rust off and he's ready to help them make a, play, a playoff run um, or run in the playoffs. Um, but um, so I just kind of threw them there. The reason – and I wasn't really comparing Nets over Dubs, but the reason why I did put the Nets over the Dubs is just because – Man, they got so much scoring on that team. Like when they picked up Torian Prince, like that, and you got Torian Prince coming on a, a contract year. Um, I know the, a lot, the Hawks fans have mixed emotions with Torian Prince just because he never really reached the potential in Atlanta, the potential that he had, or uh, what we thought he had. Like we know he's a great shooter. We know um, that he had his rookie season where he was a good, very good defender. Never really saw that afterwards. Um, but when I think about it, I think, hey, he came to the NBA. He wanted to prove himself. He's playing for Coach Bud, who's a great coach. He's like, hey, I got to play, play defense to get on the court. So he played great defense. The year after that, what happens? You have a terrible team. Um, and maybe he just wasn't motivated to play defense when Dennis Schroeder is your best player. 
you know, so and him and Dennis just didn't get along anyway. So I could see why, you know, maybe he, you know, just didn't put the effort for it there. Um, then the next, this year, I mean, well, not this year, the last year, um, he was hurt a lot. And I think he was really just, I don't know, again, playing for a bad team. I don't think he wanted to give it his all on defense because he probably figured they're not going to win the game anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, let me just get my buckets. And, you know, we'll, we'll worry about the defense later. But I think now playing for the Nets with Kyrie, when Kyrie is different when Kyrie and Kevin Durant are your best player as opposed to, like, you know, Dennis Schroeder or Trey Young. You know, like it's, you know, it's, it's a different type of vibe. It's a different, you know, command, that a, a different rank that you got to fall under. So I feel like we're going to see some really good basketball from Torian Prince. I think Karis LeVert is going to come back and just be a monster this year. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be a monster. Uh, Kyrie is going to be a monster. It just got so much scoring on there. And then you, you almost forgot they got DeAndre Jordan. Um, so, and he's looking motivated. I mean, I can't blame him for not wanting to uh, play with Luca last year when you know the, the whole city of Dallas is mad because he took one of Luca's rebounds. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's not an ideal situation for a vet in the NBA. Um, so. That's why I had the Nets number nine. But when you talk about that championship swagger of the of the Celtics, I mean, not the Celtics, but the, the Warriors, I, I can say Nets number 10 and put the Warriors at number nine. I, I can give the Warriors an edge, you know. Steph Curry's out there scoring 40 in the yeah. preseason, man. That, that boy's motivated. <laughs> yeah, with me, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is for me. I'm just like, let's – I don't think the Nets are going to be bad at all this year. I honestly think they can push for, you know, a top three seed in the East, you know, from like beyond outside of, you know, Philly and and Milwaukee, you know, the East is pretty wide open, which is more so like any other year besides last year for the East. So it's like um, the Nets definitely could be like that top three team in the East and, you know, on the list they are right now you know they're the third best team like we have them the this is the highest ranked uh eastern conference team i have on the list outside of the bucks and the 76ers so definitely i'm giving them that edge but as far as the warriors they play in the west they have that you know championship you know it's, it's more so about that like i'm going based off what i've seen in the nets I've seen them get to a playoff, get playoff and have a nice little series against the 76ers. And they just switched out stars. And, you know, it's like I I still want a little see a little bit more from them. They're still kind of young and they still have something to prove to me. And I, I need to see Kyrie really lead a team this year because he has to kind of get it together while KD is out, you know, and, this whole DeAndre Jordan, who's starring DeAndre Jordan or um, Jared Allen. I want to know that, you know, I don't know. Nets have a few more question marks in the world, but the Warriors, their death, man, is shaky. They picked up boy Amari Spellman, who came, who Hawks fans know, he came in the summer league overweight. And um, the Hawks were like, oh, hell no. We got to get him out of here. You know, so, you know, they they was like, no, like, um, you got, got to go. go. And he, you know, it was like, he went from like, I think he was, he wasn't hurt, nothing like that. He just came in the summer league, overweight. Next thing I know, they shut him down and traded him. It was like, no, yeah. So, 
and they have uh they got Willie Cauley Stein, um, Alfonso McKinney. They have some guys who are really gonna have to prove themselves. Hello, hello, hello. Yo, hello. Dang, hello, hello, hello. Yo. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, like like I was saying, I think they're just going to prove that, you know, the Warriors are just going to prove that they're one of the playoff teams to still be working with in the NBA. Like, you don't want to really get caught up in the Warriors in a second-round series. I don't care who you are. And the thing is, um, that's true. I think that's going to be – a hard day for anybody who draws that matchup. But to your point with the depth, they are one injury away from like being a lottery team. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like they it's that bad. Like if if Steph or D'Angelo or um or uh, Draymond go down with an injury for any like take them out for anywhere close to a month, that's that's a lottery team, man. Like they just they need everyone to stay healthy until Clay comes back, and then they need him to come back, you know, in a major way. But for now, yeah, yeah, I definitely – I think that's a good fit, them at 10. And then uh, uh, the Nets at – and uh, the Nets at 10 and the Warriors. At okay. Nine. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I like that, man. Um, number eight. I got, got the Blazers, man. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah I said I got the Blazers, man. Ah, uh, the Blazers. Okay. Um, I got the Blazers at seven. Okay, who'd you have it? And I got the, I got the Jazz. Ooh, I have the Jazz. Yeah. Actually, originally I had the Jazz at six, but I switched them out with the Nuggets, which I have at six, and I put the Jazz at seven. So. We're kind of along the same lines with everything, so I'm I'm interested on this lower jazz point because I've been everybody is hyped about the jazz, and I get it, but I'm like, let's pump the brakes here for a second, <laughs> for a second. Like Donovan Mitchell is proven that you know he's a stud, but he's still not. He's not a true superstar yet. Let's 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 not even. I'm not even gonna don him with that. He's not even an all star. He's made him an all star, but he's a young star. He's a guy who you know he's a stud. He reminds me of D Wade in so many ways. It, it's not even funny. It's a good comparison. But, like he really reminds me of D Wade. Um, but at the same time. This team doesn't have like a true like they okay. You can call Rudy Gobert. He's not a star either. He was he an all star last year? Uh, I, I, 
know. You know, he he's he's one of those fringe all star guys. All he's a defensive guy, and but my thing is the Jazz don't have a, a true second star. You can call, you know, you you can say. Um, what Mike Conley, you can say him, but he's he's older and I feel like he's more so in like the table setting part of his career where he's he can put up he's gonna have games where he has twenty and ten this season still, but they're gonna be fewer and far between than when he was in Memphis. For one, he's coming into a new situation and this is uh Donovan Mitchell's team at the end to like he's older so i'm not gonna ex- i'm not gonna have these same expectations and he's you know this whole he's underrated thing everybody know who mike conley is man you know he's not he's no longer like underrated yeah you know you might sleep on him for from time to time but he, it's still mike conley man he he's a great shooter great passer but i feel like the jazz are just missing that piece you know that uh, some of these other teams up to the top, they already kind of have, or they just have more talent. And I think more so on the talent end that I'm with like that right there. So what, what do you say about the, uh, what you think about the jazz? You got him at number eight. Yeah, I had him at number eight because, and it was really, it was a toss up between them and the Nets. Um, but, I gave them an edge because one, you know, with Rudy Gobert and just their system they run, they're going to have a really good defense. Um, and that's always been their, their calling card. But I think um, adding Mike Conley just did a lot for that team because now, you know, they really have uh, that, that other person in the, in the backcourt where their offense doesn't have to revolve around get Donovan Mitchell the ball. You know what I mean? Like they had that fresh prince offense. Get Will the ball. Like give the ball to Will. Like that's that was Donovan Mitchell. Like from the day he was drafted, get Donovan the ball. See how we can get some buckets. Now you got another guy who can actually um run the point guard, get other people involved, create his own shot. So Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to do quite as much. Um Donovan Mitchell still gonna get his buckets. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's 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 gonna happen. He's gonna get buckets. Um that boy's good, man. Um, but I think that uh, having Mike Conley he is going to give them – I mean, Mike Conley's not a star, but he's a damn good player. And it's hard to be a star playing for the Memphis Grizzlies anyway. Like, it's just the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Like, everybody who leaves Memphis gets better and gets more acclaimed once they leave. Like, Mar- uh, what happened? Um, um, Pal Gasol leaves Memphis. He goes to the Lakers, becomes a champion. Uh, Mark Gasol leaves Memphis, goes to the Raptors, becomes a champion. Uh, now Mike Conley. Leaving Memphis, he's going to the Jazz. I don't think he's going to be a champion, but we're going to see um, a lot more from him and get a, you know we're going to put even more respect on his name. We're not sleeping on him. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's sleeping, sleeping on Mike Conley, man. Um, yeah, nobody's sleeping on Mike Conley. If you're sleeping on Mike Conley, you just don't really follow the NBA like that. Um, but that's why I kind of got them right there. I think that he's going to help add that element to their offense that's been missing. Um, I was looking at the rest of their team, and I don't see any big holes. Like, there's not that – like you say, they don't have a LeBron, AD, uh, Kawhi, Paul George-level superstar on the team. So that's going to keep them out of that upper, upper tier. 
but I like them. I like them right around that that eight, maybe seven kind of range. You know, I feel like that's a a good spot. And they got to this ranking kind of off of defense too. Their defensive yes, reputation, yes. and it just Donovan Mitchell kind of breaking onto the scene his his uh, rookie year just was like the icing on the cake because losing Gordon Hayward. Just think about if they had Gordon Hayward, man. Like, think about that. If they, because I, you know, he left the same draft that they drafted. Uh, they drafted Donovan because I, I think they drafted him in like eleven or thirteen. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like a, an immediate swap. Like he left to go to uh, Boston, and then they drafted Donovan. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it just it, this is like it's it's really great. But if they had, I mean, they still got Joe Ingles. They got Bo, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich from. That's what I meant, I meant to say. That's a good addition there, man. Bogdanovich, like, I think that's going to hurt the Pacers to lose him, and it's really going to help the ass. Like, you know, and I'm – but I'm – I think they also have uh, – who's – oh, my God. I can't think of his name right now. He used – They got Emmanuel Moutier. Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah, he – but this guy used to – he just got off the Wizards. Uh, oh, um – off the Wizards. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the team on my iPad right now. Um, let's see. They got Ed Davis. Uh, they got who's who's a new face there? Jeff Green. Yeah, Jeff Green. That's what I'm talking about. He's yeah. gonna be a great addition for like their defense and gonna head get some spot buckets for them. I think that. I mean, I think they have a nice team, but it's just like they're missing. If they had like a true another star or something like a, a guy who can really hold his own and, and play both sides of the ball, at least be offensively inclined some to, to a certain degree. Cause Rudy Gobert, he's not a, he's not an offensive force at all. You know, it's like, he's just kind of, Oh yeah. No, you know, not he's, outside of like putbacks and lobs. That's, that's pretty it. much it. And that can be a help, but it's like, eh, I don't know. He's a well. He's now a two-time defensive player of the year now. I think yeah, he, he's, he's that guy. guy. So it, it's great. But you know, yeah, I'm I'm okay with the Jazz at eight, honestly. Yeah, man. Because I look at it, man. Like again, I'm not a huge Jazz fan, so you know, forgive me if I if I put this the wrong way. But if they if they start Mitchell and Conley in the backcourt, and then they have. Uh, Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles uh, in the two forward positions, and then they they throw Gobert out there at the center. That's a solid lineup. That's a solid solid starting five. Like you know, that that seems to me like that that gets that that gets the job done. Like, and then they got like you said, Jeff Green, Emmanuel Mudiay. They got Dante Exum. They got uh they got you know Ed Davis. All those guys coming off the bench. Uh, they you know they they got some they got some things going on there, man. That's they're a solid team. They're they're a solid, team. very solid. And I also think that Quinn Snyder as being their coach is. Yo. Yep. Yeah, I was uh I was saying you know Quinn Snyder as being the head coach of the Jazz is definitely. Them, they got they got something, you know. They just got something cooking over there with Jazz, and they just I feel like if they had somebody to, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Bogdanovich is great, great, you know, a four man, and you know they, I see no holes with the team. 
team. I just wish the talent level was just a little higher, maybe on their bench or something like that. It's just like they're missing something to me. Like maybe if they had like a young scoring wing to come off the bench, you know, someone like a Cam Reddish <laughs> or something like that. Uh, right. I know we we both uh, we both were excited over the preseason, but uh, you know just just they had like a young wing to come off the bench and give them some buckets. Like uh, I think Kelly Oubre would be great over there. Like if they had a guy like Kelly Oubre to come off the bench and give them some nice minutes to soak up, they that would be like a nice piece that they could use going forward. But yeah, that's for me. I'm good on the Jazz being at eight. Okay, okay. Um, so, we, okay, so we got the Jazz at the eight. Okay, who you got at seven? Uh, so now that would be originally I had the Nuggets at seven. No, 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 no. You had the Blazers. Yeah. Somewhere so the, the Blazers, I'm going to, we're going to throw the Blazers at seven. I like the that. The ultimate team to get you to the second round. That's I like the continuity there, man. They keep they, they they run back the same squad, and I think that that's paying off. Now they did lose some key pieces this year. Now they lost their you know, um, their two forwards, Alpha Rukamino, and um, dang, what was the other guy's name? Can't remember his name, but he's with the Clippers now. Um, he can't. <sighs> I can't really think of his name right now, but uh, they lost their two forwards and they replaced them with uh, some more guys who I really can't think of their names right now. But like, yes, they do have Kent Bazemore now, who's who we know can you know play the two and the three from time to time. But now he's getting a little bit older. I think Kent's more of a a, a two who can who can guard some ones and twos and maybe play up a position here and there. But I don't really see Ken Bazemore. I mean, he, he he's going to play with those guys at the three more more often than, you know, I'm thinking right now. But, like, Kent, he's he's getting up at age a little. He's pushing 30. He should be 30 maybe. Oh, man, I, think, I feel like – let's see. Yeah, that's, that feels about right. Um let me see. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I just got the team up. They, I like their drafted Nassir yes. Little. I think that helps them a lot. He's a uh, oh yeah, they got Hassan White. Yes, they got. Which is weird. Very weird. It's very weird for Portland to get him. Um, yes. Who do they have? I'm, I know they lost Alfred Camino. And what was the other guy they had? Um, uh, let's see. He's on the Clippers now. I know that. Let's see. Oh yeah, Kent Bazemore is thirty, right uh-huh. after that. Um, let's see. They, they lost. They lost. I'm trying to think. Who did they lose? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. He said he's on the Clippers on the Clip- now. Uh, who do the Clippers have? That's uh, everything's about Kawhi and Paul George. I can't. Even, I don't even know who joined them besides those guys. Um, let me think. I don't know. I don't know. I I know. I I feel like I can picture who you're talking about. You know um, who I'm talking about. I, I if, if we uh, let me see. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna go to the Clippers page and see who they have pictured on with the a Portland Trailblazers jersey because they don't update these jerseys. <laughs> I guess until the season starts. 
<laughs> they just don't even update these. You're on this team. You're on this team. <laughs> right. Hey, we got to wait till media day to get everybody's picture. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jamichael Green. They got. Oh, yeah. Maurice. Yes, Harkless. Mo Harkless. They lost Mo Harkless and they lost. Yeah. Um, they lost Alfredo Camino, who was a part of that continuity we were just talking about, and they pretty much replaced them with uh, who I mean, with Kent Bazemore, Hassan Whiteside. Um, yeah. So I think, and they got Paul Gasol. I don't know if he's gonna play. Oh, he's not I don't know. He's, play. Like, I mean, he's like a player yeah, coach. Player coach. <laughs> he's probably gonna you know get some spot minutes here and there. Hassan Whiteside is probably their biggest addition right now, and you know, uh, well. Go, can you uh, read off their, their roster real quick for me? If oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Kent Bazemore, I think they have this in alphabetical order. So, Kent Bazemore, uh, Kelgen Blevins, Moses Brown, Troy Calpane, uh, Zach Collins, Palgasol, Mario Hazanja, James okay. Ward, Rotten Hood, Scal Abissary, um, Damian Lillard, of course. Nasir Little, CJ McCollum, of course, Joseph Nurchik, uh, London Parantes. That sounds like a G leaguer. Um, Anthony Simons, Anthony Tolliver, Gary Trent Jr., and Hassan Whiteside. No, there was a few names I heard that interest me. Rodney Hood, um, Anthony Tolliver, who's, you know, former Hawk. Uh, also, um, He's a good shooter. He he'll get you some buttons. Yeah, I mean those are the guys who I'm thinking about who's going to be on their wing rotation because you know losing those two guys, those were some big wings, like big you know forwards. Uh, um, Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino were both like six seven, six eight. You know could guard multiple positions. Was you know kind of a staple in that. You know they're, they're Portland's defense improved over the years, but they were kind of a part of that. Uh, defense, but it's gonna be. They don't have some of the same continuity that we're thinking about. They have their. Yeah, you're right. They they switched out some pieces. Yeah. So, um, going who who else did you you said another guy? Um, Anthony Simons. I know he he's they're they're really really high on him. Um, yeah, he's got. Some- Potential, man. He's got some potential. You know, so he's probably going to be like their third guard. He's like a big guard type guy. He's probably going to be their third guard playing in with, uh, you know, Dame and CJ. Um, so they're just going to have – they're the same team with the new identity, I guess. You know, they still have Dame and CJ. It's not like they swapped out any guys. Yeah. They just – They're not going to change too much when you have those two guys. And, the thing about them is they're kind of in a – that team to me reminds me of the same place the Hawks were in with the Al Horford and um and, and and Paul Millsap crew because you knew this team was good enough to get you into the second round, mm-hmm. but you just really wonder if they ever could get lucky enough to like really get to the, the the finals. I mean, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year, and that was a big shock. Um, yeah, but you know that was I think that was really them overachieving there. Um, but I mean, big shot Dane, you know, big props to him, but you know, with this team, I just feel like with the way they're set up when they do have young guys like Nasir Little and Anthony Simons, you know, it makes me wonder what kind of minutes and opportunity they can really get because this team's trying to win right now. They don't have time to develop, you know, first and second year players, but in the same time, 
they need those players to develop because they need that that skill and whatever they bring to the table to help them improve as a team. Um, I don't know, man. Do you think? Uh, I well, no. I, I just wonder like, if they if if they get in the first round this year and match up with the Warriors and and lose again. Like, what does that mean for this team? I mean, I think you're going to have to bust it up at this point because, I mean, what else are you going to do? Um, you got you to gotta try something different. Um, Dame and CJ are, you know, we know who they are. We know what they can do. They're, you know, walking, you know, 40 to 50 points a game, you know, 10 assists between them, you know, eight rebounds between them. You know, they're, they're you know, excellent ball handlers. We know what Dame and CJ are, but do we know what can they do in a winning situation? Because in the second round, and we go back to that, um, CJ was the one that carried them through that that Denver series. Like that, yeah, he was, he was the guy that carried them through that series, um, and we know that they lost the lead, like every time against the Warriors, they had, you know, a league on the halftime, league on to the third quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter from time to time. They had these leads. And I remember, I forget what game it was, game like three or something, game two or three. I'm watching it. And you could just, they had a freaking lead. And you could see on their face, as the Warriors are coming back, you can see on their face, like. Yeah. Like, here we go again. Uh, uh, again. It's like, if the, that was the physical depiction of what swagger can do for like you, you spoke of championship swagger with the with the Warriors, like that's it. Like that that series proved nothing more than that the Warriors had been there, done that. The Warriors were not a more talented team, you know, not without Kevin Durant. Um, but it's just they just knew how to win those games. How and and you know they knew why they were going to win the game. They knew that because they saw Portland as an inferior opponent who hasn't been there before. And Portland knew that they hadn't been there either. You know, like Portland kind of got lucky because they were on they weren't on that side of the bracket as the Warriors. They would have been they would have been they would have lost in the first round. Like they would have lost in the first yeah. round. They, <laughs> yeah. they was on the same side of the bracket as the Warriors, but they just happened to go through. You know, OKC. We knew they. Could, I feel like, I felt like Portland could be OKC. That was a good matchup. And then you know the Nuggets. They were inexperienced, but they still took them to seven games. And damn, you know he kind of he didn't he didn't show up the same way as he did in the. Uh, in the OKC series, it was like more so CJ like closing out that game, like because I feel like Dame, we credit him for that shot, but you know, it's for he can hit the big shots, but you know, leading up to that, can he make those winning plays? And Dame wasn't making those winning plays. CJ was doing that. CJ was like, you know what, brother, come on, come on, man, we can get to the. He was pulling, he was pulling it because I feel like Dame was gonna let that game seven go. It was a tough game seven, man. But you know, hey, I, I think the Blazers, they're just gonna be the Blazers this year again. They got Hassan Whiteside, you know, Hassan Whiteside. We always we, – we know what he was doing down in Miami for a period of time. He, I feel like he he gets those – Hassan Whiteside gets such impressive stats, man. I just wonder, like, you know, are the empty stats. Like, you know, I'm not a big fan of that phrase, but, you know, is he going to make winning plays? Like like you're just saying, you know, is he 
is he going to get some blocks in the first quarter when it's like, oh, okay, that's a nice block? Or is he going to get a block in the fourth quarter when the other team is trying to come back? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, or when is he is he going to show up when they need him to be a difference maker? That's that's, um, that's what I'm wondering about Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, and their wing rotation is really shaky to me. I mean, you got Kent Bazemore, you got Anthony Tolliver. Rodney Hood has some nice plays in the playoffs. But, you know, can he do yeah. that? Can he sustain that for a whole year? I feel like when he got to Cleveland, his confidence just got stripped. Like, you know, like <laughs> it was bad. Like Rodney Hood was a great, a pretty good player in Utah. But then he got to Cleveland. It was just like, dude, who are you? Like, get off the – Yeah, he had that. He was doing well. Then, like, the moment – the moment the playoffs started, he just, like, fucking went into a shell. And, like, just – oh, God. Yeah. He, you know, tucked his head. Uh, tucked his tail between his legs, and he was not the same They guy. said he had to watch videos of himself, like, in, in Utah to, like, kind of get himself back to say, oh, how was this guy? So, <laughs> it, was, it was that bad. So. Okay. Well, obviously, well, there's a lot to like about the Blazers, and then there's some question marks. There's, there's some um, question marks, man. Yeah. Number six, I got... I know this is gonna be surprising. Oh Lord! I got the I like I got these guys lower than I mean they're still top six in the NBA, but I got the Bucks. Ooh, I, got the Bucks. I got the Bucks at five because all other <laughs> lists I saw the Bucks at like fucking three. I was like, whoa! <laughs> okay, hold on there. Let's let's pump the brakes. But um, I don't know if I'm totally there with you on the Bucks at at um at five. I mean at six, but I'm. I'm I'm there. I can see where you're coming from with it because I'm definitely a little bit lower. Um, now the Nuggets, I got them at six. So and that's what I had at five. So we we're, we're thinking along the same lines. So um, it seemed like we got the Bucks on a downward trend, and we got the 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 Nuggets kind of on the upward trend. So let's let's go. Uh, let's see what we're talking about. Where, where you head at with the Bucks, man? Uh, so here's my thing with the Bucks. They're going to be a good team. They're going to win a lot of games. Um, the East is pretty much their conference to lose. Um, and then, but I, I don't mean, I, still, I think they can lose it because the 76ers are looking good. Um, the only thing about the Bucks is that really just, huh, they lost Malcolm Brockton. And I think that's going to hurt them a lot. And a lot of people say, so what? They got Giannis. He's one of the best players in the world. That's true. But Malcolm Brogdon really helped make that thing work. Uh, they 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 replaced him, so to speak, with um, – who's the dude to play for Dallas? Um, oh, boy. Uh, Matthew. Is it Matthew? Yeah, where's Matthews, Matthews, man. They replaced him with Matthew. Yeah, that's, that's a downgrade. That's a downgrade. Um, I mean, West Matthews is a pretty good player, but he's, a, he's not as good as Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and he's, you know, he doesn't have the chemistry. Like, Malcolm Brogdon helped them be who they are, and now you're trying to uh, put in a new player into their system, which I don't know. Um, so there's that. And then when we just talk about the playoffs, because they're definitely going to go deep into the playoffs, now there's a little bit of a blueprint as far as how do you stop Giannis, you know? The, the Toronto Raptors, you know, gave the world a blueprint to say, hey, hey let's let's just put a wall up if you can. If you have the, the defenders to do it, you know, let's, for, let's keep him out of the paint and then just really limit his, you know, effectiveness. So I think 
that this team is just putting too much weight on Giannis's shoulders. Um, he's he's a hell of a player. He's not as good as some people make him out to be. I mean, he won the MVP, but he ain't the best player in, in the league. Oh no. Um, yeah, like, the people act like he's the best player in the league, so automatically his team is gonna be the best team in the league. Nah. No, 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 no. No. Now, if you, if you get a little hezzy, a little pull up, yeah. you know, if you just start doing some stuff like you that, you gotta add the wrinkles to his game, cause like for the past two seasons, he's pretty much been more or less the same players. Like people were like, "Oh, was well, he's he's hit he hit some threes. He was doing that, you know. He's been taking threes. He's been." He been like kind of hitting threes that like you know I don't like the whole thing where he doesn't have a shot. No, Giannis has a shot. Like he can, but it's not. He's only making twenty five percent of those threes, so you still yeah. He doesn't have like a pull up. He doesn't have that's not in his like. He doesn't have nothing like that. Like he can hit a mid ranger more often than you would think he would have. But the three three isn't there as far as pull up and stuff like that. And like like you were saying, like if he had like a hezzy or something like that, just little wrinkles to where like just throwing the defense off. You know. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about the Bucks. A lot to like about them. I'm not I mean just outside the top five and I, I can maybe be convinced to put them in top I like five. That. But I, that's why I'm like the depth I, the depth depth. and they still have a lot of their pieces from they picked up a Lopez brother. They got two Lopez brothers, you know. Um yeah. they have uh I like DiVincenzo. I like that guy. Uh he was he's to me he he's gonna be one of those I feel like he can he could start almost. Uh you know, Wes Matthews kind of comes and it's not the same. And you know, DiVincenzo, I really like him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's he's probably due to have a big. Season, um, you know, I do not like Eric Blitz, so I don't like that they gave him that contract. <laughs> For one, oh, that's what I wanted to discuss. The money, all the money they gave out. This I'm like, like, what's that? About? I would have re-signed Malcolm Brogdon and probably started him at part guard. Like that's what I would have did. Like, but at the same time, I get it. You know, you're not really gonna get too many better point guards than Eric Bledsoe. He's not a bad guy. He's just like, man, he doesn't show up at the right times for me. Like, you know, and he can't really shoot. And if he does make a couple shots from three, he's gonna keep taking them. And he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he hasn't found that. Like, like you know, I, I kind of wish they had like a Ricky Rubio instead of a, a Eric Bledsoe. You know. Yeah, because I feel like. I think kind of what you're saying is he doesn't create enough. Like, I feel like you want to have a point guard to play alongside Giannis that does more playmaking for his, you know, his teammates. Like, someone who, like, if you're there, yes, I want you to be able to score, but I want you to be able to create. Like, it's great that Giannis averages five or six assists a game. Like, that's really good. But I think it's better when you have a point guard that can go out and average, like, eight or nine, maybe even ten assists because he's really – you know, helping Giannis and helping the offense as a whole. Uh, with with Eric Bledsoe, I just don't really know if he's helping the offense as much as someone else. Yeah, I think we're going to really realize that this year. Another player who we both know who's going to have to take his game to another level this year is Chris Middleton. With $177 million. You better take it, too. Like, I, I need to see you solidify because, okay, you look you can look up and down the last year's East All-Star team. You'd be like, man, that ain't an All-Star. You, be, you know, you can look up and down. Like, 
somebody like Vucevic, you know, we kind of talked about him. I don't, I don't know if Vucevic is going to be, a, you know, I think he was just in the contract year and he, you know, made an all-star team. He had the numbers and everything. And Chris Middleton, they kind of looked up and down the, the East roster in, in the East. Hello, hello. Dang, where'd he go? Hello. Yo, yo, yo. Hello. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, well, it was like the uh, the bus kind of led the led the way in the East last year, like from from like start of the season to end of the season. So Chris Middleton was a part of that, but I think Chris Middleton is definitely going to have to step his game up. He's need to he needs to average over twenty and really help out with the playmaking and just kind of show up when the moments needed. Like he did not show up at all in that you know Toronto series. He had that first, he had that one game where he hit like seven threes, and ever since then it was like nothing. Like he <laughs> and that's the thing. Like what does it? What makes it worse? What makes that even worse now? Is what he did on the Team USA. Like he was on. Was, whoa, whoa! Know. It's like oh, I really had to remember he was on Team USA. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I'm not even joking with you. He was on Team USA. Like that's my. That's my, huh? Oh yeah, right. that I'm. He's gonna have to take his game to another level. Like he needs to average over twenty. He needs to be like the second star with Giannis. You can't just look at that team and be like Giannis and the boys. You can't be like you need to be like Giannis, Chris Middleton, and the rest of the guys. Like that's how it needs to be. So, right. well, it, where he like didn't even attempt a shot, or like he was it, uh, the first half, he just had put a total no show. A combination of both, probably. Like, it was just, like, he was just kind of out there. And then, like, the Knicks, like, you know, he tried to hit some buckets in, like, the fourth quarter of one of those games, and it just wasn't working. Like, nah, buddy. Like, you can't – you really need to be the second star for this team. And that's why I was like, DiVincenzo, I hope they start him or something. Like, or he'd be, like, the sixth man. I'm sure he's going to be a part of that team. And you got Kyle Corver. We know what Kyle Corver is going to do. You know, he's going to hit three or four threes a game, you know, when when's needed. But Kyle Corver is like 38 years old. You can't depend yeah. on that all the time. So it's like, come on. So I uh, think that the Bucks are going to be there because of their death. And they have a sense of continuity. You know, we. we yeah. They picked up Wes Matthews, and Wes Matthews is going to be okay, maybe average around 10 points and everything and give you something here and there. But it's it's still not the – he's not Malcolm Brogdon, man. We Malcolm Brogdon is – that's a 50, 40, 90 guy right there, man. Right. Those guys don't grow on trees. Like yeah. Like that's a – he went to Virginia – uh, yeah, that's a guy who's he's a. You look at him and you're like, man, that's a winner. Like he looks like a winner. Like he, he plays like a winner. Like so, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, to me, it's like all these things we're saying is like to say we completely, you know, agree. Like they're gonna run. They're gonna like run through the regular season. They're gonna win over 55 games. You know, or at least over 50 games. And they're gonna be they're gonna be right there at the top of the Houston Conference, but 
it's the postseason that scares yeah, me. Yeah, because I can it's a postseason. I could see a, a a young team like freaking uh let's see, like if they get matched up against Miami or maybe the Magic or something in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Orlando yeah. might be one of the best if, if I mean, like, not best. I mean, one of the teams that could really like if they up. If <laughs> they get matched up with Orlando and all that size or something in the playoffs, that's a scary sight because you got freaking uh, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba. Yeah. You got you got a guy like that who can really match up with Giannis on like a on a length like not I wouldn't say necessarily skill because he's clearly better than Jonathan Isaac unless Jonathan Isaac comes out and have like a I feel like he can break out and I don't really like me Jonathan Isaac but at the same time. Yeah, I like him too, man. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a secret fan of Jonathan Isaac. Like he's he's that. Yeah. Guy. So unless. I, I, but I'm, but I'm saying that's one of the teams you really gonna see what the Bucks are made of, and that's why you know, hey, yeah, Giannis, hey, Giannis with 2021, you can see, you know, that's why the Bucks owner already was like, hey, we're gonna offer Giannis a supermax, like right. already. So you know, just just to let you know, Giannis, you got this supermax waiting on you here, you know. But if I'm Giannis, I'm like, look. We I get into the Eastern Conference Finals. That's fine. Let's see if we can make a finals appearance. Can they do that? And this is their like best year. Last year it was like hell, last year I was like, shit, that was the best year to do it. Cause I feel like they could have actually won the finals last year with K. Yeah, they had a chance last year. They would have made it. They didn't definitely- with KD being hurt and you know, Golden State not having that size to because the thing was was with Toronto, like they had the size to stop Giannis. Golden State didn't have that size, especially with KD being hurt, you know, and you're not necessarily going to put KD on Giannis. Like, you know, it's going to be like a team thing thing to stop Giannis. Like, you you can't it, – it's not really no stopping Giannis, but at the same time, like, uh, Toronto having that wall to put up of, of Marc Gasol, Pascal Siakam, they was running Pascal out there at the three sometimes, like you know, and, and yeah. Serge Ibaka and, and Kawhi. So you have like four guys like who are all that wingspan out there just trying to stop this guy. So you you can't really nah. It, the Warriors didn't have that, so that was their, their best opportunity. And if you look across the East, the team that we're gonna get to soon, the Seventy Sixers. They added Al Horford. They added Al Horford. So you have a wall of Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons is 6'10 with no shoes on. God, and you can't even, it's like, whoa. So you can't, I I, I don't even know. I don't even know what the, it's like, if they run into that again, and then it's gonna be though is that's what I'm saying. Those other guys, Chris Middleton, really gonna have to step up. You're really gonna have to see something for Chris Middleton this year for them to really have a chance. Like, I'm I'm I we know they're gonna 55 plus wins, great offense, great defense. We know what they're gonna be, but it's like in those key moments, can your other guys step up? You know, that's what it's gonna be. That's what we gotta so, see. That's what. I'm I'm unsure of that, but that's that's what we got to see is is it going to happen or not? That's going to determine whether they become you know the best team in the league 
or if they still kind of stay right there. I think if they if if the Bucks make it to the NBA Finals, and of course Giannis has to sign a mass contract. He has to come back. Yeah. You can't go to the finals and then change yeah. teams. Um, you can't pull a Kyrie. going great, but I'm out of here. Right, look, we already got a ring. They just right. Lebron's trying to. He finna leave. You know what? I'm out of here. Fuck it. Kyrie was. Right. Uh, but yeah, man. So I, I can kind of see why you got him at this. So let's get into the Nuggets, man. Like, what you what you thinking about what you thinking about the Nuggets, man? They're a... here's here's why I had the Nuggets just one spot ahead of the Bucks. Um, but again, you know, I, I can be convinced otherwise. I like all the freaking talent. So the talented. There's just they're so talented, and that's what they have. They have the one thing that the Bucks don't have which is they have young players that have a potential. It's just potential right now, but it's still the potential to really break out and be something very special. They got Michael Porter Jr. This guy, you know, he, he red-shirted last year. Uh, he red-shirted his rookie season because he was hurt. So now he's coming back, and, you know, that is scary because you add a team. You take a team that won all those games last year, and you add Michael Porter Jr. That is something. Um, and they got – they still got the same pretty much team as last year. They got more continuity. They got the playoff experience to say, okay, now we know what to do. Um, but we got some more weapons to do it with. Um, I just, whew. They, they drafted a um, bowl bowl, yeah. I think, um, which I, I doubt he plays much this season. But, um, if again, that's another kind of could be another home run, right? Like the bowl bowl proves the league wrong and turns out to be just – this great center that's dropping threes and taking folks off the dribble, then God damn, like the, the, the Nuggets could be scary. Like they could be very scary. So, you know, I mean, they got the best of uh, the best big man potentially in the league in the Joker. Uh, I mean, they, he's a beast. I mean, who else, what other seven footers giving you seven assists and can just, you know, put 30 on you anytime he wants. Um, they got Gary Harris. They got, Man, they, they they got talent, man. They um, I was I was a bit confused with the signing, not the signing, but the extension that they gave. Um, Jam- Jamal Murray. Yeah, I was I was I like Jamal Murray. I don't know, but he's a, he's a big time guy. He's a guy who's not afraid to take those big clutch shots, and I feel like that's why they they already know that Jamal Murray has talent, and I feel like yeah, I was they they shot the you know I mean. Well, rookie extensions, you can give it to him in the third year after the third season. Yeah. Give it to him. But at the same time, Jamal Murray is one of those guys I probably would have let, you know, go ahead and play out that fourth year. And I don't know if I would have maxed him out like that. They just was like, you know what? He's been to the playoffs. He hit a couple key shots. You know, they got to the, the – the Nuggets were happy with where they, how their season ended. They were one of the few teams that were actually happy. Yeah, they wanted to – I'm sure they, you know, they weren't necessarily happy that they – lost like that but they were happy that from going to from a team that was trying to break through that playoff you know they yeah. kept hitting that while they were always the last team to get put out for like two or three seasons I remember Russell put them out on a on like a like a buzzer beater triple double three-pointer it was nasty the way he killed them like he just killed them with that, I remember he hit a game runner like on them, like the last game of the season, shot down a playoff host. But like they went from that team to being 
the second seed in the West, you know, and they were pushing for the top seed for like pretty much the most of the playoffs. So, I mean, most of the uh, year. And when they get to the playoffs, they, you know, beat the Spurs in a tough series and they take the Blazers to seven. And I'm pretty sure if they had a got to the, the Western Conference Finals, which is very possible, they could have pushed the Warriors, uh, you know, harder. Poke the Warriors harder than the Blazers did because simply they had more talent and more depth. Like I feel like they definitely could have did that. Yeah, I mean the only drawback I have from the Nuggets really is well two two drawbacks. One, the conference they play yeah. in, right? Like if I'm just if I'm comparing them to the Bucks, the Bucks obviously have a easier shot at just winning more games and just going into the uh, the postseason just in a better position. Um, you know, more home court advantage, right? Um, and then second, even though it's a super talented team, it's kind of like the same thing you said about um, – what team did you just say this about? Um, the Jazz. Like, who's the superstar? You know, like they got a, a lot of all-star level guys and no disrespect to – you know, outside of uh, Joker, Jokic, you know, um, Jokic. I'm sorry, I'm fucking his name up. But – Outside of him, like who's that second guy to just be the superstar that could put them over the Clearly, top? Clearly, Jamal uh, Murray. That's what they're you know banking on right now, and I feel like Jamal Murray can kind of what well, he averaged about sixteen, seventeen last year, something like that. I think he can push his game to another level, uh, get more efficient. He plays more like a two guard to me, but uh, you know him, him, and Gary Harris was hurt for a good per- part of the year. Um, and he's gonna. I, I really like Gary Harris, but he's gonna he's gonna really show up again. I feel like and improve himself. So I mean, it's not that they. What we were saying with the uh, with the Jazz was like they don't have they don't have near like the Jazz don't have nearly as much talent as the Nuggets do. When you yeah or junior just like there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if he didn't, like, he just kind of came off. He, if you, even if they redshirted him again this year, you just got that guy just there. He's just there. Just- He's just there. Like, put me in the game, coach. Like, anytime, you know, anytime now. I mean, you know, he. What is he like? Six nine, six yeah. ten. He can handle the ball. He can shoot a oh jumper. I mean, if that ever, there. if that guy ever got right, good God Almighty. Close it up, up <laughs> because you you got your center taking the ball up court, running the offense. You got Jamal Murray, who's a stud. Gary Harris, who's a stud. Then you got this guy, Michael Porter Jr., looking like he's a walking twenty five points a game, just ready. But hey, then you and that's and that's not even bringing up Paul, Paul Millsap yet, like Paul. Motherfucking trail sap. I love me some Paul Millsap. They they uh went ahead and gave him. I think he had a team option. They gave him the team option for thirty mil. You know when it because he you know he earned it. He's a he's a savvy veteran guy. He can lead your team in scoring rebounds. You can get some assists and blocks. He's he's gonna he's a do everything guy. Paul brings his lunch bucket to work, lunch pail to work, and he's gonna put it put it in the he's gonna put it in the work every single night, every single night. You're never gonna get an off night from Paul Millsap in nothing, and that's one thing. We, that's one thing I love about him. So they he earned that, and they need Paul Millsap. They knew they just can't be like, oh, we're gonna decline a team option and you know find somebody else to replace that. They would have hurt. That would have hurt them definitely. 
they need the palm mail set. So that's right, man. So so how should we order it, man? Man, who's who's five or who's six? <sighs> that's tough. That's tough. But I I'm still I'm still with the Bucks, man, at five. That's okay. That's we can do that. Bucks at five. They got a little bit further and they got the MVP, man. Uh, and you know the Nuggets, they they play in a tougher conference. That's you know kind of where where we where I'm kind of throwing these teams that you know like the the they're kind of in that category of the the Blazers, the Jazz, and the Warriors. They're in that same category. Like they play in the West, so even though they might be as talented as some of these teams or just as good or whatever, they're gonna be getting you know a tougher win. You know, uh, uh, a tough win against the freaking. A t- they they're gonna it's gonna be a key win in February or or March or something that they get against the Rockets. That's gonna help them with playoff seating. That's gonna it's gonna help more than like the Bucks getting a key win against the Pistons. Like, come on, man! Like, it's 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 no comparison. Or the Pacers, like, the, it's no. They they're gonna need because it, it's just totally different. So I'm gonna give the edge to the Bucks simply because, like you were saying, they have a little bit of easier path, man. Okay, we can do that. So we got um, I I, I agree with that. We, we, um, so that puts the uh the Nuggets at six, the Bucks at five, top four teams in the NBA. Number four. The- I got the Houston Rockets. What you got, man? Houston Rockets. I'm right there with you. Houston Rockets. Ah, boy. Who are you want to go first on this? Um, I'll give my little two cents on it, man. I know you're a big James Harden fan, so I'll let you, I'll let you go last, okay. man. But, uh, <laughs> um, what I like about the Rockets and the reason I, I honestly I think the Rockets are gonna have um if everybody stays healthy, um, they'll probably easily have the best record, uh could have the best record in the West just because they do it almost every that is year. literally and, my whole point. I'm like <laughs> they could have easily the best record in the NBA. Go, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 what they do. Like their style of basketball is built around winning regular season games, and they win regular season games better than anyone else. Like they, because James Harden has no problem saying, "Fuck it, I'm going to score forty every night, and we're going to get the W." You know what I mean? Like, and now you add Russell Westbrook, who's of the same mindset. Like, yo, let me let me do whatever it takes: ten rebounds, fifteen assists, 30, 20 points. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, and of course they got all the other talent, Clint Capella. You know what I mean? They got a well-rounded team, but it's all about James Harden just refusing to lose regular season games. Like he is just going to go out there and just get buckets and he's going to do what he has to do to get those W's. And while all these other teams are trying to, you know, add new pieces and develop chemistry, I mean, that's not going to be a problem with the Rockets. Like Russell Westbrook and James Harden are already great friends. They played together before. So they, they're going to figure out how to play together again really quickly. Um, and so that team chemistry is there. It's the same coach. So we know what style they're going to play. It's going to be a bunch of threes. Uh, Russell Westbrook is going to have a lot more space than he's had in the last 10 years uh, to play with, with all that shooting. So I just easily, easily, because Kawhi is going to be hurt. Um, I'm, I'm, I, don't know, I don't know if he's going to be hurt, but he's going to be load managed. He's going to have load management. 
Uh, I meant to say Paul George is hurt, so he's going to miss some games starting the season. So I think, you know, it's going to take the Clippers a little while to get their chemistry together. It's going to take the Lakers a little while to get their chemistry together. Um, the Rockets, I think just from day one, they're just going to jump out there and be winning games. So, you know, I think, you know, the only reason I don't have them higher is because when it comes to the postseason, you know, you get a little bit of different Rockets team. So uh, I think the other teams, you know, the teams ahead of these teams are built a little bit better for the postseason. So what do you think about the Rockets? Well, like you said, I'm a big James Harden fan. I, I like me some James Harden. The only thing I don't like about James Harden is, like, I wish he shot more. I wish he expanded more on on his – just bring out the full bag. Like, just bring it all out because the guy has, like, you know, I want him to hit more mid-range shoppers. I know that's not the Rockets' philosophy, but, like, you know, you see what Kawhi did in the postseason. Like, he showed us some remnants of, like, you know, a, a Jordan-Kobe-esque type player, like, you know – I want James Harden to beat because he he's just as talented offensively as, as Kawhi, but whatever, if not more. He he's way more, I would say. Anyway. Oh, he's way more offensively talented than Kawhi. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, but the Rockets, what you like you were saying, this team right here, regular season, it's a dub. Like <laughs> it's gonna be a dub. You know, it, like they come they come to the Eastern Conference, they dubbing everybody up. Uh, I remember the Warriors used to come like right before they got like good. They would go uh, throughout the whole East and go like a seven, eight game winning streak. We're going to see that like they're going to we're going to see that. And um, Russell, it was a definite point guard upgrade. It was a great move by Daryl Morey, I would say, like. You hear you hearing all the issues with Chris Paul, you know, they've having issues. You see Chris Paul getting old. You see all this money on the books. You're like, man, can we really deal with this for another two years? And they call up, they call up uh I think what the Paul George trade go down first, right? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul George. And he was like, you know what? Let me go on and get let me go get Russ from OKC. Those guys are friends. We can bring that into the fold. And Russ is going to give you maybe not the same, you know, as far as IQ level, but skills and, and raw, like, talent. Definitely an upgrade, I would say. And he's younger, you know, and on a little better contract maybe. So you feel better about paying that money. But like you were saying, this is the best shooters that Russ has played with since since KD and and James Harden left. He hasn't had better shooters than this on any team. Just nothing. It's you know it's it's so the only thing is like who's gonna handle the ball? They're figuring it out now. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna feel that out, and I don't really think that's gonna be a real issue to me because I think James still gonna get his buckets. But if he played more off ball, it would definitely help. And I think they're going to fi- figure that out early. Like, hey, let Russell set the pace. You know, when we need a bucket, go to James. When we're down freaking seven or eight points and, you know, everything is not going well, let Russell set that pace. I mean, let uh, put the ball in James' hand, and we know what James Harden's gonna do. James Harden's gonna bring you back in that game. James Harden's gonna get you those buckets. But once once you get the pace right, throw it back to Russ and get you know get James off the ball a little bit more. You know that's I feel like James Harden gonna go into a postseason fresher 
you know, he's not going to be able to, you know, that was a big thing from, you know, I really like, he's, I really like James Harden. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> people, because every year he comes back with something different, comes back better. You know, the guy got the MVP, and a year after you get the MVP, you average 36 points a game. Come on, man. And, like, when when it was when they were down and out in the beginning of the season, they were, like, 14th in the West. You know, they kicked Carmelo off the team. Chris Paul got hurt. Like, Chris Paul was hurt. Then James Harden was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm doing it. Like, I'm finna average 36 points. I'm finna average 40 a game. Went on a 40-point streak. Brought them all the way back. They almost got the two seed. If it was, I think OKC, like, I think uh, Paul George hit, like, a game winner and beat him. They could have got, like, the number two seed and went up against the Warriors in the, you know, the Western Conference Finals instead of the second round. Would have been on the opposite side of the bracket than, you know, the Warriors. So they probably would have had an easier path to the Western Conference Finals. So you – I would have liked to see that. But it's going to be the same Rockets team. Um, you know, you still got Eric Gordon, Clint Capella. You got uh, P.J. Tucker. Uh, you know, I have some – you know, maybe have some questions about their wing depth. But at the same time, whatever questions are going to be answered by James Harden, you know, stepping back. And you, we all see the sidestep. We all see the sidestep threes. If he asks that, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> but definitely, it's just – I feel like there was no – they had a great offseason by adding Russell. You know, it, it, I have no – like – you can throw some question marks up, but it's like those guys are best. Like I mean, they're not best friends, but I'm just saying they were friends. They they know how to play. There. They're hoopers too, so they're not. You know, they're not gonna let the game get the best of them like that. Like it ain't they, and they're both in there. Like what I think Russ is like 31 or something. James like 30. Like they're both to the age now where it's like okay, we both have MVPs. You know, Russ is like, I've averaged a triple-double three straight seasons. James is like, yo, I just averaged 36 points a game. I've been coming in second for MVP for, like, four years straight now. Like, I'm I'm that guy. Like, they're both at the top of the basketball world. And they look out and, like, why don't we have rings? And they come together. So, whatever it's – all I got to say is this. Everybody throwing the Clippers and Lakers around and – Granted, I do wish and hope I wish this happens. The Western Conference Final is going through L.A. some way, somehow. And if both of those teams end up in the Western Conference Finals, that would be amazing. But Houston's going to have something to say about that, too. That's all. (laughs) Houston's going to have something to say about it. So, Houston... I have no questions about them at all. I really I, – I have no – I have very few questions. Like I said, they're winged up. Like, don't really know too many. You know, they were they were kind of running Eric Gordon at the three last year a little bit. I didn't really – I didn't really – I wasn't too fond of that. I wish they had, like, a bigger wing defender, you know, to kind of guard. Like, that, that Paul George, Kawhi, and LeBron. wish they had that guy. Um, they don't. I think I saw some guy in preseason that he might throw out there, but I wouldn't. I just saw that Gerald Green got hurt, so um, they don't have that wing defender. 
Uh, they could really use a guy like that. Uh, also, uh, who is that? Uh, Austin Rivers. Great. I love Austin Rivers. Uh, you know, he really kind of blossomed in Houston. Found like seemed like he's comfortable there. So they they have a they have a nice, a solid core of, of players who they can. They have a they have that eight man rotation that you need to win a championship. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So Houston. Yeah, I I can't. You know, you're right. A lot. Most people are overlooking them in terms of a championship. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's just really, I think, the next chapter in, in, in um, the next chapter in in uh, James Harden's book, right? Like in, in his story, right? Like he he has to prove to the world that he can get to that NBA Finals and win. I mean, he he's gone to the NBA Finals once before. That was with OKC. We we know what happened there. Um, you know, LeBron James got his first ring. Um, but. Um, that was a long, long, long time ago. Yeah, you know, and, and James Harden wasn't the guy at that point. Now he is the guy, so he has to prove it to us, you know. And if he if he proves to the world that he can do it, he can lead his team. I won't be shocked. I mean, he's I the really be shocked. if James Harden came out and got him a ring this year, would not be shocked at all. At all. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I would say, hey, good job, man. You know, it's it's, it's about damn time. Um, it's about damn time. But uh, you know, we, we, that's why they, that's why I got them ranked top four because I feel like any team in its top five or six can win a ring this year. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I who let's, so let's talk about number three. Who, who you got? I there? got the Lakers, man. Oh wait, I don't. Ooh, <laughs> man. I got the Sixers. Ooh, I had the Sixers at number one. Ooh, <laughs> I had the Lakers number one. <laughs> Wow, so we both had the Clippers at number two. I take that. Yeah, so um, the Clippers right there in the middle. Honestly, all of these teams can be a toss up to me at like the top yeah. three. Um, simply because now you know, I'll I can pull back on some of the Sixers hype. For me, I'm I just like the big lineup of the Sixers. Man, they can go big on you, like. Joel indeed, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. You know, you seen Ben Simmons with the pull up. You seen Ben Simmons with the pull up. Okay, you know. <laughs> Just saying. Now the Sixers, they scare me with their depth because they really only have like Mike Scott coming off the bench, and that's about it. So it's uh, they kind of scare me with that. Uh, but other than that, um, so you know, I can I can throw the Sixers in at three, but it's like. Any team they face, their size, they're gonna they're gonna win the rebounding battle, you know, more or less. They, they they're gonna win that rebounding battle. You have, you know, three six ten dudes in like the in your start lineup. Like I think maybe four, you know, how tall is Tobias Harris? Like is he like six nine almost? So Yeah, he's in that six eight, six nine. So, right? Yeah, you have in their starting lineup have like, you know, four guys above six nine. Like, come on. Yeah. Yo. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was uh I was saying with the with the Sixers, man, they 
I like their size. I like the, you know, the that defensive presence they can give you. You know, they got the Joe Allen B stopper on their team, which is Al Horford, who is the guy who could, you know, kind of guard Joe Allen B. And they could, they have a real chance to come out that East, man, based off their size and skill and everything. They have that real chance to come out of the East and give some of these teams that are coming out of the West a real problem. Like, based off their size, the Clippers don't have size. Okay, beyond you know the biggest guys like Montrezl Harrell, and they got a uh, they got a uh, the center they picked up from the Lakers like last year. They got him. He's like the biggest guy on the team. They don't have like any real size. I feel like they're probably gonna be adding some of those guys. I, mean, I, I can maybe see them picking up like a Nene or something like that. It's just kind of just kind of soaking some minutes at the five because you don't really want you know. I know I don't know if Paul George is gonna be pet playing some four. They're probably gonna run a lot of small ball. The Clippers are, but it's like, well, they they, you know, people people praise the Clippers defense, but to me that's more perimeter wise. But like, can they stop somebody from going to the hole, from getting to the hole? Yeah, but once they're at the rim, can they stop somebody at the rim? That's to me the questions for the. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think I I agree a hundred percent. Like I feel like yeah, there's going to be a little. It's going to be they're going to make it hell for somebody you know to get the ball you know inside. But once you get there, like if you could just toss the ball to Anthony Davis, if you could just toss the ball to Joel Embiid, you know what I mean. If you could just toss the ball to your big, you know, just a you know nice little pass over the top, then I don't know what the Clippers are going to do with you there at that point because they they don't have that size uh down in. in in the post that could really stop somebody. Yeah, they're gonna on the perimeter. They're just gonna make it. They're gonna make it like yeah. hell uh, on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you can get past that, which you know, you have to be a team that's committed to you know handling the ball, moving the ball. You know, not you know not getting stuck, making dumb decisions. But I think that that weakness of the Clippers is gonna get exposed by somebody. Yeah. You know, if it and it's probably gonna happen in the playoffs. Like it's it's not until you get into a seven game series. Well, you know what I mean? Team, and the team just exploit it. You see the teams a team's biggest flaw in the playoffs. Like their biggest one. Right. You know, uh the biggest flaw for the for the uh for the seventy sixers last year was the fact that Ben Simmons didn't have a jump shot. That's like their biggest flaw. Beyond that, it was a pretty pretty solid team. Like on on every other level, it was a pretty pretty solid team. Like uh, the um, for the uh, what 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 team was that? I was just thinking about them. Uh, the Lakers, the uh, the uh, the uh, Clippers. I don't know. Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks. Their biggest flaw was the oh, fact that Giannis, Giannis really didn't have any help. And, like, you know, his game, we saw, like, ah, he can't depend on his jump shot like we need him to because he'll hit the three. But it's like the teams will, would live with that. They would live with him, you know, hitting a couple, you know, I think one game he hit, like, three or four threes in a, in a playoff game. But it's like, you know, they're like, ah, well, you know, as long as our offense is running through Giannis and he's, you know, he's going to get the bulk of his offense from trying to run into the hole and, you know, his other guards really aren't showing up. We got him, you know. It was it was kind of like that for the, for the seven for the uh, for the Bucks, and I feel like the Clippers, their biggest flaw is gonna be man down low. They look they looking kind of, I don't know, you know. But the light, they're gonna be looking a little yeah, soft. Yeah, they're gonna be looking. You no know, disrespect to Montrezl Harrell, but that's just not. Yeah, he's like six eight, so it's like, eh. 
So, you know, you can play it. They're going to play him at the five. He's going to play a lot of small ball five. And you really, you know, you can call him a five. He's just really a hustle man. But as far as, you know, they're going to get buckets with teams and they're going to, you know, defend teams on the perimeter. But I feel like they're going to be looking at, you know, somebody if they they should have been in the White Howard race. You know, I feel like if I'm, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not even trying to get into the Andrew Iguodala race either. I'm trying to get me a big man who can soak up some minutes, like a Joakim Noah or something like that. They need somebody to soak up some of those minutes at the five. Like, Yeah, they're going to be searching around the G League and searching around some retired players, trying to pull them off the couch uh, just to get them to come in. And, you know, like some some six, eleven, seven foot dude, like they're just going to be looking. I just feel like, you know, as the season progresses, they're going to be looking for somebody to just come in and just be a big presence down low because that's like it's gonna be as biggest. I feel like it's gonna be exposed in the regular season. You're gonna see a game where they get out rebounded by like 15 or 20, and they're like, okay, we need a center. Like, and it's not gonna be. They may win that game. They may win the game where they get out rebounded by like 20 or something like that, and they still, you still might be like, uh, that's not gonna happen in the playoffs. Like. <laughs> Nah, so they're going to definitely need a center. And the Lakers, I feel like they have the best of both worlds. They have that perimeter talent. You know, they, they maybe have some question marks at point guard. But when you got LeBron James, there's no question marks at point guard. So it's <laughs> so so beyond that is like, uh, yeah, you got LeBron, you got AD. They got, they got the size. They got the skill. They got a little bit of everything. So they're like the best combination of like the 76ers and the Clippers. So I can see why you have them at number one. Uh, yeah, man. And because just as much as you like uh, James Harden, that's as much as I like LeBron James. Uh, so I just feel like this is – I mean, LeBron has had some great teammates in his life, and he's had some bad teammates. Um, but, you know, um, Anthony Davis has to rank up there. We'll see as the season progresses, you know, how it works out. But I got to feel like Dwayne Wade was LeBron's best teammate ever. Yeah. Like that 2010 Dwayne Wade, yeah. like when he first got to Miami, woo, that, that was a bad boy. And then you got to look at Kyrie uh, when they won the ring that year. That that He was amazing. And Chris then Bosh. Anthony Davis yeah. is going to be – Chris Bosh, right up there. Like, that's amazing. Chris Bosh was, oh, man, I love Chris Bosh. Anthony Davis immediately comes in as, like, the second best. Like, he's better than, you know, 2015 Kyrie, 2016 Kyrie, like, already to me. Yeah, uh, already. Yeah, he's, he's not awesome. better than Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was already a champion. I am not even going to. I'm yeah. gonna put that there, and I ain't gonna put that into the atmosphere. Like Dwayne Wade is a, <laughs> so, you know, he hasn't had a he hasn't had anything like Anthony Davis because right. he hasn't had no six eleven dude who he can just toss the ball and it's like a a bucket. Like you know, they like they're going to run the offense to Anthony Davis. Like, it's going to be like, let's yeah, get – it's crazy that LeBron already said that. LeBron is already like, hey, we'd be crazy not to run the offense through. Yeah, it's like, why even put all these – like, Anthony Davis like, what, freaking 27 years old, man. Like, he's in, like – like, he's scratching. Like, this is one of his first prime years, I feel like. Like, like he has – three, four more years at, like, the highest levels of the NBA. And LeBron has already been through that multiple times, and he's still up there. Like, he's still ranked, like, top three in the NBA as far as best players. Why would you put LeBron in that situation? Like, like no. <laughs> Give the ball to this young buck and let him go to work. He's, he's like, LeBron's not going to let the ship sink. Like, he's, you know, if he sees, you know, Anthony Davis not, he, he's, 
even though he's going to produce. But if you see something that's that's not necessarily working, put the ball in LeBron James' hands. It's going to work. Yeah. That's, that's a great plan B, LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron's your plan B. Yeah, LeBron, yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on. LeBron's your plan, plan B. He's your plan B. Come on, man. Like, LeBron, it, it, when in doubt, give the ball LeBron James. Just saying. <laughs> right. If you don't know what it is. And that's what it is. <laughs> right. Like, come on. You can't. You can't. Like, and I'm noticing in the preseason, like, you know, they're not paying heavy minutes, of course, because LeBron's not about to play 48 minutes in the preseason. But I'm noticing, like, you know, he'll play in the first quarter and he'll get, like, five assists in the first eight minutes of the game. Like, his his assist numbers are going to be truly ridiculous this year. Like, we're going to see some some games where he might only score 23 points, but he's going to have, like, 17 assists. Like, it's going to yeah. be stupid. His, his rebound, he doesn't even really have to be on the paint in the paint this year. He's going to be more perimeter-oriented, you know, than, you know, anything else this year. He, You, you know, he's going to take his fadeaways. Fade you know, LeBron likes to do those. Yeah. But he's, you know, he doesn't really have to drive down low if he doesn't want to. He doesn't have to put all that mileage on his body. You know, be doing all that if he doesn't want to. Like, if he can't, like, of course he's going to do it. It's going to be a part of his game because it's LeBron James. But at the same time, it's like he doesn't have to do that. Like, he doesn't have to. We're not going to see the 2018 run to the finals, LeBron. Like, but we all know that that guy's still in there. So, like. that's It's, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Like, Rondo, they got so many smart players to just make mistakes. Like, Rondo is such a smart player. He's been there. He's done that. He's won a ring. LeBron's been there. He's done that. Danny Green's been there and done that. They got so many guys that just are not going to fold under pressure because they have already won before. Um, it's, it, I just hope everybody stays healthy. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I – as much. As, like LeBron had the first time in his career where he missed significant games last year. So I'm just hoping he stays healthy. Anthony Davis has had injury problems throughout his career. So I hope he stays healthy. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really it. Like if they stay healthy, man, I love their chances. Um, I love Philadelphia's chances to come out the East, man. They, like you were saying, I did one, one person you didn't really mention with Philadelphia. I wanted to get back to was Josh Richardson. Um, yes. You know, yeah, they got him from Miami, so he is going to be a hell of a two guard. Yeah. Like you know, plan plan E. You know, if 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 Embiid is playing A and and uh, Horford is B and and you got all these other guys, you, you, you know, your fifth or your sixth fifth option is going to be Josh Richardson, <laughs> who's going to be he's going to be a solid like fifteen a game like easily, and those are going to be some key and cl- key buckets. I feel like he's always going to come in. He's going to have a very efficient season. I feel like he's going to be because oh, yeah. his buckets are just going to be like you're going to look in the box score like every night. Josh Richardson has like. Like sixteen points a game, like you, you like, dang, we need to score, you know, because like, Josh Richardson get like sixteen points, you know, when did that happen? You're gonna look in the box score and that happens, but you know, uh, for for the Lakers, I feel like it's gonna be just all over, man. They have they have some sneaky death, like you know, you got Dwight, Dwight's gonna come off the bench, and give ten ten, like. <laughs> you got JaVale McGee, you know, they're going to be splitting time at center. And as much as Anthony Davis is talking about, I don't want to play center, bro, you're going to close out at center. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, man. They got Kuz and you got Danny Green, Every Bradley, Caruso, you know, then they got guys like, uh, uh, dang, uh, KCP, 
you know, they they have some. They just have. If I wish KCP's jumper was better, I wish he was just a smart. Yeah, I was just looking at him play the other day, and the, you know, it just doesn't go. Uh, it's <laughs> like a smarter player. If if he was, he would honestly be in the closing lineup with like LeBron, Danny Green, KCP. And, you know, it would be Kuzma and AD. That would be, like, the closing lineup because you have no guy under 6'7", for real. But now, you know, you got to maybe throw in an Avery Bradley, which I, I hope Avery Bradley has a resurgent season, you know, and kind of gets back to that that Boston Celtics level of defense maybe. Um, even some of the Clippers days, he was pretty good. Um, but I just kind of – I feel like – like we were saying, LeBron's your plan B. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't, right. You have some question marks. The other teams have question marks, you know, because like we were saying, Paul George. As much as we're kind of saying, well, you know, you got you got Paul George and you got Kawhi, but at the same time, it's like huh, we don't know what Paul George is gonna be, man. Like last year was Paul George's first year in superstardom. I was, I, I've always said that like Paul George really was, he never reached true superstardom. Like they kind of just gave it to him because he had his own shoe. But I feel <laughs> like true superstardom until like last year, and then he hurt his shoulders because he was doing like he, you know, you can just tell he wasn't like Paul George is always gonna be a great player. But I don't know if he's ever gonna be the guy to like carry you to that next level. That's why you got Kawhi Leonard. You know, Kawhi Leonard proved that, hey, I'm I'm here, you know, um what it do, baby. Like we we know what right. Kawhi Leonard is. But what we're saying, the Clippers have some real questions with their size. Uh everything else besides their size is like if they if they just had like a big man, like for real, they don't have it. They don't have that guy at all. You know, they don't have – they need a seven-footer. They don't have him on the roster. I don't think – I don't think they have a seven-footer on the roster. Uh, no, they don't. They don't. They need I don't think they do. They, and I got. I love the fact that Lou Will is on that team. Like, that's – Lou Will's going to get some buckets. And I think, honestly, they're going to close more games with Lou Will on the, on the, on the court as opposed to Pat Bell. Because that, that offense he gives you is just – you got to have it. Um, but the the thing about that Clippers team, it's gonna be a lot of ISO ball. Like you think about Paul George, he's an ISO player. Kawhi Leonard, ISO player. Lou Will, ISO player. Um, it, you know, I know Doc Rivers is gonna draw some plays up, man. But I feel like you know that ISO ball. I mean, obviously it, it can you can get the job done. We're talking about guys who are that good at <laughs> being an ISO player. But um, the lack of a true playmaking point guard that can really just get juice, you know, create some offense, might come back to haunt them in the playoffs as well as that lack of size. Yeah, I saw Kawhi had like seven assists in their uh, preseason game. He's going to have to do more of that this year. Um, Kawhi, um, he's definitely he's just going to have to expand his game this year as far as, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say, like, the guys that finals was MVP and we're like, man, expand your game. But, like, as far as distributing, as far as moving the ball, like he's going to have to be the one that's initiating offense, getting other guys involved because, you know, he's going to be low managed this year. Him and Paul George are probably going to be low managed this year. Like, you know, they're going to need them guys for a deep playoff run. You know, they're going to have to play up a position or so. Like you're going to see Paul George maybe play some small wall five. And you can be like, whoa, they're going to throw out some lineups. They're going to look like, whoa. So, 
they're gonna need to kind of be you know they're they're going for the long haul so, but you know Kawhi he's gonna have to oh hey you know what so, sorry to interrupt Ivaka Zubak is there a seven foot one center they do have a seven footer yeah but I mean what is he gonna do? I mean, hey, like I said, that was the guy. I mean, I agree. From, I just had to put it out there. That's the guy from the Lakers. That's the guy from the Lakers that they got. You know, I remember when they got him, like, I think last year, the year before, or something like that. They got him. And um, it's, I'm not really, I'm not convinced because unless he's averaging like 15 a game and 15 and 10 a game, I'm not really convinced on that part. Like, I'm I'm good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just I just had to Yeah, so uh, unless he's like hold, holding that spot down, it's like, man, this guy's, you know, pretty nice. Unless he's doing that, I'm not convinced, like as far as size. Cause when you go to your bench, you don't have anybody else. Like who who's six ten above, like above him, beyond him on that team. Like you need some guy like a rotation level big man. We they proved that. Like you need some type of rotation level big at that level. Yeah, the, yeah, it's so, yeah, man. So it, it's that's gonna be, and it's a small weakness, but it's, it's something that could be exploited in the playoffs. Um, they're gonna win a lot of play. They're gonna win a lot of regular season games. You know, just off the strength of that's a talented, talented team. defense. Um, Transition defense, and they're like, just think about this. Like they're gonna get so many. Like their offense is really gonna be. I think they're going to have a high-paced offense and, like, it's going to be – you got Paul George and Kawhi on the perimeter. They're going to be getting turnovers and steals the whole game, going to be stealing the ball, deflation, all of that the whole game. It's going to be just okay. – they're going to stay in – they're going to stay in transition. They're going to be taking threes. So, their offense, I'm not really worried about that. They got Paul George and Kawhi. You got Lou Will. You got Montrez. You know, Pat Bev hitting threes. Landry Shaman hitting threes. Like, you know, you, they're going to they're gonna be good on offense. I'm fine. Like, they're going to be fine. Defensively, they're going to be great on the perimeter. But their interior defense at the rim and, you know – that's where I'm kind of worried about. Like, who's going to guard Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis? Who's going to guard Jokic? Like, I want to. I want to know that those questions that need to be answered. So, yeah, that's 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 a question that needs to be answered, man. Because I mean, like you said, Jokic can make their life a living hell. You know what I mean? Like, I can bring the ball up the court. He's going to bring the ball up the court. He's going to set offense. Like. What what guy you gonna have on him? Like maybe you can throw Paul George on him, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, where where you want to go here, man? Like we talked about all kind of three teams. Um, I'm good with putting seventy six at three. Um, you good at putting seven? Okay, so we can put seventy six at three. Um. We we gonna keep the Clippers at two and the Lakers at one. That's it. I think we got the list, man. I like that list. That's that's a hell of a list, man. We gonna we gonna type that up for the people. Um, put it on. Um, we gonna put it on the uh the, all the social media. Let you know. Let y'all you know. Let let the listeners and the viewers and the you know the, the faithful uh you know comment on it. Um, couple quick things. I know we you know we ran over on our time, but. Couple quick things, just we're a couple, couple quick takeaways. Um, Zion looks good in the preseason. <laughs> Zion, 
Zion Williamson looks good in the preseason, man. Yo, this guy, I was saying 14 and 9. Let me bump that up, bro. I was <laughs> right. saying I was sleeping on Zion. I'm going to bump that up to a solid 18 and 8, like, for real. Like, he's going to be because he's dropping like 26, 27 in the preseason. Like, he's, he's, he's out there. Like, granted, it's the preseason. But, like, oh, boy. He's got some handle. He's got some yeah. handle. And he's pretty similar to Giannis in the way that I know when Giannis gets within five feet of the rim, is a bucket. And it just looks like Zion's the same way, man. Like, if you let him get anywhere close to the rim, count it. He's a, he's a like finesseful. Like he's he's finesse with it. Like you seen the bucket right. where he kind of went up and under uh Alex Lynn or something. Like he just yeah. like, like Alex Lynn kind of it was great defense by Alex Lynn by kind of closing out, but the guy just went up and under him. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? So Zion is uh oof. I'm uh, I'm I don't know if I'm ready to stamp that card, but I'm bumping his scoring averages up definitely, man. Dude, that's I was it was a pleasant surprise. Like, you know, and I feel like uh Alvin Gentry is doing the right thing where he's not trying to let or not giving Zion too much responsibility. He's just like, Hey, just go out and play basketball. You know, he, he's not telling him to, you know, he's not He's not running the point. He's not getting the ball, you know, you know, in the corner three. Like he's he's like, no, man, get in the paint, you know, get your buckets, you know, get a get a couple open shots. Um, but he is Zion, man. This this boy's good, man. He, just seeing him, you know, makes me feel a little bit differently about the Pelicans. Yo, <laughs> the Pelicans have some sneaky death too. They really do. I was looking at the team. Like they're probably the they're probably gonna be up there as a, one of the most watched teams simply because Zion's there and then you got Lonzo and all the Lakers remnants and stuff like that there. So they're gonna be one of the most watched teams. Um man, like like you don't even have to call a player for that guy. Like for real. Like Zion be standing in the corner. I was watching some YouTuber like he was kind of breaking down um breaking down how Zion's going to create space by, you know, even though he can be on the perimeter and it, the guy's not really going to guard him simply because they know if he gets the ball, you know, they can recover in enough time to kind of close out on his shot. He doesn't shoot that well. But, you know, Zion standing in the corner, they're running like a pick and roll with somebody else. Zion's kind of trailing behind that pick and roll and he's like a second option almost on the pick and roll. Like, it, it's like, it's 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 so crazy how you know he's just gonna and he's smart too he's a smart player so he knows his yeah. jumper isn't there he knows you know he so he's gonna plug in the holes and all that space and science is gonna be there so all I gotta say is the NBA just get ready for this guy man um, yeah he he is gonna be. Um. Oh, he's gonna be as advertised, man. Like, he, he he just jumps so freaking high, man. Like he's got so much bounce in his legs, dude. Like usually, it's something that someone a normal human being might turn into, like an offensive rebound might go. It's like a little putback, maybe you know, off the rim. He gets his own offensive rebound and dunks that motherfucker. Like it's like it's it's, it's you gotta see it, and when you see it, it's like what. What did he just do? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, definitely Zion's gonna be like 
that guy this like he's he's i just fear what i feel we all fear is like his size but i feel like that's what makes him him you know even though i don't think he's ever gonna be like a small guy nothing like he can he's gonna i feel like he can lose like 10 to 15 pounds and you know and, and that'd be better for him he i think but he's definitely what makes him him is that size that you know that frame like he has a unique body for the nba and yeah like it's oof. I want to see him go up against Giannis, like just just that okay. that matchup. I want to see that. That's going to be something to watch, man. That's definitely going to be something to watch. So I had to throw Zion in there, man. We, you know, I I saw he played the Hawks first, and then he had like two games after that, um, the Bulls and um, somebody else. Um, but yeah, he's he's looking good, man. That boy's looking good. Um, um, so you notice from preseason, man. I mean, I know you know we're Hawks fans. I know we um we we talked a little bit through takes, like man, you know Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, they look good, man. They look, you know, so far so good. Uh, I, man, DeAndre Hunter is better than I thought. Yes, and I feel like he's gonna prove that each and every game. He's gonna, you know. I feel like he's going to handle the ball a little bit more than people's thinking. Like, he's just not going to be, like, the three-point shooter. I feel – I like that his first bucket was, like, a – you know, he kind of faked the three. He pumped faked yeah. on the three and hit a, uh, you know, pull-up mid-range jumper. Like, he can – That looked nice. He's going to have, like, one of those – he's going to be one of those guys that the Hawks are – we're going to look back on that draft and then be like, man, how did DeAndre Hunter – you know, how did the Hawks even know that this guy was going to be this guy? Like, nah, like – it, it, I'm so glad, and then we got Cam just waiting. You know, we we don't just wait, man. Just Cam's just there, like you know. Hey, Cam looks so comfortable with the ball in his hands. Like he, like the things he does when he's just dribbling. Like it's nothing too flashy, but he just does. Like he goes to his left with ease. He gives you a nice little bounce pass to the rolling big man with ease. Um, he's comfortable with his pull up. And you think that he's six eight? And he's that comfortable with the ball in his hands. Like, that to me means when he grows into his game, I think it's going to take him a year or two to grow into the player that he's going to ultimately be. But once that happens, man, whew, ooh, the Hawks got uh, something, man. Between him and um, Hunter, they got something. They really do because you could really, you know, I feel like when they when you go to the bench and Cam, you know, if he's like the super six man, Cam comes off the bench as like the super six man, you really can't even – like, there's going to be, like, no drop-off in production from offensively, maybe, you know, defensively either. Like, I feel like they can both compete at a high level on the defensive end at the, on their best days. So, yeah, the Hawks' wings are, you know, going to be something. Trey Young got to turn down those turnovers, man. He's got <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, he's got turn. I mean, he had like eight, eight. <laughs> in one game. Like, and then you know, like, like no, he had like seventeen turnovers over the past like two preseason games. So yeah, that's not a thing that he he needs to. He says he knows. He out, you know, read an article about him this morning. Said he knows that uh he need that's something he needs to work on. He's talking about he want to be an all star. That's not how you be an all star, man. Just saying. Yeah, but a lot of that, you know, I blame, of course, you know, falls on his plate, but also you got so many new players on the team. You got so many young guys on the team, you know, and it's preseason. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, he's definitely something that he can't carry into the uh, beginning of the regular season. But, um, 
Uh, this team, this team is going to turn the ball over. They play fast. They're young. They're going to turn the ball over. I hope they get it under control because they just can't give away the ball the way they've been giving away the ball. Um, but you know, that's really that's going to make the difference between this being a good team and a bad team. Like if they if they can protect the ball, value the ball, not turn it over, then they can score. They're going to be able to score with you know any team out there. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, other things I've seen in the preseason. Um, I, here's my biggest takeaway. I'm, I'm not. We can. I think we could do a different podcast to kind of just maybe the end of preseason. We could talk about you know all our takeaways. But my biggest takeaway from the preseason is somebody lied. Okay, somebody lied and said that this year's draft class was just top heavy and there just wasn't that much talent behind Zion and and, and RJ and whatnot. Man, what? Kobe White's a hooper. Man, it's, it's so many guys um, that are just, like, good. Like, and I say skilled. Like, there's a lot of skill in a lot of these guys who just came out. Um, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Alexander he's a bucket. That's what Zion's saying. He's a, he's a bucket. bucket. I saw I watched a little bit of the highlights from him. He's a bucket. I like him. Uh, like, Man, like, there's so many guys. Like, what, Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero. Like, there's just a lot of. There's a lot of just skill and talent in this draft class, man. That's that's my takeaway, man. Like there's and they lied to say that there wasn't that many good players in this draft class. This this is a good class. Yeah, I I definitely think that's gonna be something. But we can um, I think we can wrap it up here. We definitely gotta do we gotta do that Hawks podcast and we gotta do a preseason podcast. So I think that's you know. Go talk fans. Look forward to that in the coming in the coming weeks and days. Like just just look forward to it. We, we're trying to grow here, guys. So yeah. That's what's up, man. Man, well, shoot, man. Good talk. Good talk, man. We'll we'll, we'll get back up soon and do this hot podcast. All righty, let's do it. All right, peace. <laughs>Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you once again for listening to another great episode of the Goat Talk Podcast hosted by the Scott Bros. We are very ecstatic to be just moving forward with this new season, and we want you guys to continue to grow with this, and you can grow with this by subscribing to the podcast as well as following us following us on all of our new social media accounts that's go talk podcast uh on twitter instagram and facebook on instagram it should be go underscore talk underscore podcast so we want you to just follow us and just follow our progress we want you to be a part of the progress, you to be a part of the conversation, to ask questions, questions that you want to hear on the podcast, you want to be a part of the podcast, let us know, shoot us a DM, shoot us everything, email, just anything, just we're up and running with the social media right now, so just be a part of the GOAT family, and we want we want you to tell everybody and help us grow, listen, do all of that, and just thanks, be a GOAT, bye!